This, this, this is, 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 is. Fight Disciples. It's Tuesday night, we're up the top of the tower. It can mean only one thing, we are back. This is the Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk, as usual. The next hour is absolutely packed with Merseyside fight news. And of course, there's only one thing to talk about tonight. And that was the massive show at the MS Bank Arena, as it is now called, which went down on Saturday night. Absolutely thrilling action. Ten Scousers involved. I had a ten Scouser acker. Unfortunately, it went in the second fight. We had shocks. We had upsets. We had everything on the bill, really. We even had one fella turn into a bit of a bit of a monster and start taking bites out of David Price. Uh, I'm sure we'll come on to that a little bit later in the show, but first and foremost, let me introduce tonight's guest. And you know what? I'm absolutely delighted he's came into the studio tonight because more than anything else, it proves what this man's character is all about because he did loads of talking in the build-up to the fight, as did his opponent. Unfortunately, it didn't go the way on the night, I think with two minutes to go. Um, everything went a little bit wrong, but I'm delighted to say Anthony Fowler's joined me in the studio tonight. And again, mate, once... It would have been dead easy for you to put your head in the sand and disappear. But listen, I've known you since you were a kid. I've known mm. you since you were a teenager. That's not your style. And I knew you'd want to come and talk about it. Yeah, definitely. I wouldn't shy away from it. Like, obviously, I, I really thought I was going to win the fight. I was so confident going in there. And um, I was winning 90 seconds to go when I got caught with a big left hook. Didn't see the shot coming and um, changed the whole fight. And I got to Scott because he stayed in there. He took, he took the, the shot, the ninth round. I hit him absolutely everything, kitchen sink included, and he still he stayed standing, which surprised me a lot. And um, the last round, he found that found that shot to change the fight around. The the build up to the fight, there was low, you know, there was quite a lot of animosity online, social media. I think most fans really engaged with the fight because of all that. How, how much of that was was genuine? Was that hundred percent genuine? <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. You know what I mean? I'm not I'm not two faced, mate. I just I don't like it. I don't like it. I wouldn't I wouldn't pretend to like someone. My style sells fights like both we were both undefeated, both high knockout ratio, so that sold anyway. There was there's no need for the talk, but he was he was very cheeky and disrespectful and I didn't like the kid, you know what I mean? And um, I don't think it affected my game plan as much as what people think it did, but I generally don't like him. I just to be honest, I didn't think it affected your game plan at all. Yeah. Because if it had affected your game plan, you'd have lost your rag, you'd have been Beating them in the trenches from mm. start to finish, you you wouldn't you wouldn't have been dictating with that double jab that you yeah. were using so well. I thought I thought quite the opposite. To be honest, at the end of the ninth round, I I turned round and Gary Shaw, the boxing historian, was sitting next to me, and I said, "Fowler's been magnificent." I think yeah. I thought you'd been brilliant. Dave yeah. Caldwell must have been absolutely over the moon for nine and a half minutes. Yeah, yeah we we were. I was definitely confident I was winning going to the last round, and um, me being me, I wanted to finish him. Like I didn't. I went out there last round to knock him off. I could have just. Probably been a bit cleverer, coasted it a bit more, been took no risk because I, I was thinking I'm winning this fight. So I just wanted to knock him out. I wanted to finish the job, and um, I was on top the, the first ninety seconds of the last round. And um, I hit him with two body shots, and I remember he just come up with the uppercut and hit me. Didn't see it coming, and he hit me like three left hooks, dead quick hooks. And next thing I knew, I was on the, I was on the floor. I was like, "Whoa, have I got it?" Yeah. I looked at Dave. Dave was like, "Take, take a few seconds," and I thought, "Oh my god!" Then I just got up and. Um, I don't know, people, I didn't feel, I thought I was hurt, people said I was on my feet, but I didn't feel like I was, I felt my head was clear, I could see the ref clearly, I seen Dave clearly, and um, when he came in, I just ducked down, grabbed him, tied him up, um, weathered the storm, and he ate him like a little bite of a cut to the body, and then he, he went for a walk, I think he was either tired or he thought he'd done enough, but it, was, it is what it is, isn't it? 
Well, we, I was talking, Peter McGrail was sitting behind me, and even Peter McGrail leaned forward and said to me, he was saying, what's Fitzgerald doing? Yeah. Like, this fight is so close now. Yeah. What's he doing? Why is he going for a walk? Yeah. He needs to He needs to do what you did in the ninth. When you caught him with that uppercut in the ninth and his feet nearly come off the floor, mm. I thought, here we go. And you just went, boom. Yeah. That was it then. That was the first time, really, you went, okay, fifth gear, let's go. Yeah, yeah. Forward, 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 forward. And, you know, credit to him, of course, he weathered mm. the storm there. But were you, surprised, were you conscious enough in that 10th round to think, why is he stepping off? I think, yeah. Or I did you feel he was tired? Yeah, or? I think he... Um... I think he was half exhausted. I, I remember landing like a little uppercut on him as he come at me. I'm not sure if it is. Somebody must have just thought... He, I think maybe he just thought he'd done enough because he got the 10-8 round and he thought, I don't take any chances here he catches me. Maybe yeah. that's what it was. Or I know he was tired as well. He was he was tired. We were both tired. It was a hard fight. Where did the animosity come from, from the fight? The social media, angst and all that stuff. Did it go back as far as GB or... Um, I think, I think it was at more... GB, were you, were you like cordial with each other? You've obviously never yeah. been mates because obviously yeah. it wouldn't spiral like this. But on GB, was there ever word said? Did you ever have no, no, was, animosity and sparring? Or? It was just, it was just civil. We, we, I'd say we were mates. We'd let on. We'd, we'd have a little t- chat now and again, which is, which is a good look and stuff. But we're never close. But um, I think because um, I stopped him as an amateur, it was a little bit bitter. And the squad, I was, I was always like one of the main boxers in the squad. And maybe he was a bit, he even said, didn't he? he was a bit envious of me on the squad. So maybe it was more him towards me than I might be that bothered about him. And he got personal. He said, he said to mention my girlfriend and stuff online, which is a bit below the belt. I would never bring someone's family into it or partners, which I thought was no class on yeah. his behalf. But in the, in the build up, I thought, to be honest, I thought he'd lost his cool. I thought when he was saying stuff like that and the way he was mm. behaving, you know, putting stuff on at four in the morning and all that. I thought this this kid's gonna melt down here. But yeah. credit to him, similar to yourself, yeah. you know, I've told you how, how good I thought your performance was. Mm. Credit to him, I thought he walked yeah. the walk as well. You both talked the talk and you both walked the mm. walk on the night. No. Were you surprised by his resilience? Yeah, massively. I, like you just said, I thought he was having a breakdown. I, I generally wasn't might be a bit arrogant to my behalf, but I, I was walking anything be an easy fight. I was not expecting that at all. I thought I thought he had a breakdown myself, I thought he weren't mentally stable, I thought. The occasion was going to get to him, of course. He'd be like a rabbit in the headlights, and it was the opposite. He, ro- he rose to the occasion. I think he was that scared of me that it made him perform out of his skin, if yeah. I'm honest. Yeah. yeah. Do you think, ultimately, then, you're... Because you, when you're walking... I was looking at you on the jumbo screen when you were walking. You're letting on to everyone. You've got a smile as big as Liverpool. I was thinking... Well, I even said... so. I was like, Fowler's made for this. Mm. He's made for nights like yeah. this. He's made for this Echo Arena. And I, I had visions of the next five, six, seven years <laughs> of watching you headline at that arena, yeah. making it your own. But ultimately, do you think you got into the ring probably a little bit too confident, a little bit too yeah. like, this is my house and you'll do as I say? Yeah, possibly. I don't know. I, 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 do, enjoy, I do live for it, like you said. I, it's a hard life of boxing. Like I'm, I live, I'm living in a, like a little single bed in Doncaster for 12 weeks and then doing it on my own, just wake up, train, eat, train, sleep, and I'm just eating like little... Rabbit portions, you know what I mean. So it's a it's a face to their life. So I do look forward to that. I, I love I love ring walks. I love fighting. I love I I do the fight. I really do enjoy a good fight, and um, that's what I, that's what I live for. So I, I, I want to soak it all up and I don't walk the ring with the demon gloom. Like I'm going to the funeral home or something. I want to go in there and enjoy it. You know what I mean? But I think the one thing I I, I regret is that thinking it would be an easy fight. I, I didn't give him enough respect for what he's done. He is an AB champion. He is a Commonwealth gold medalist. He is a GB fighter. He is a lot more experienced as a pro than me, but I just judge from his previous performances. He, he showed nothing like that. Like he was all night. He was sharp. His footwork was good. He had a 
good job. He was tough. He was he gave me a great fight. You know what I mean? It was a fifty fifty fight the whole way through. I thought I was just nicking the rounds. I thought I was head going to the last ball. He put up a great fight, and I, I didn't think he was capable of that. I, I generally didn't. Yeah. Well, I, I scored the fight as it went through. Obviously, I thought you started strongly. I thought Scott came back mm. into it, some close rounds in the middle. But I had you two up going into the last. So going yeah. into the last, I you know I, at that point, yeah. I was thinking, well, regardless of what happens in this last round, Fowler's yeah. going to get the decision. Um, and then, obviously, the knockdown completely changed the fight. Mm. You know, two of the scorecards suddenly went over to Fitzgerald. Yeah. And I think it was the Scandinavian judge. Well, he, he had you up by about six going into the last yeah. anyway, so he, he had yeah. you winning by four rounds. But what was the communication in the corner with Dave? Was were you and Dave? Was Dave confident you were up as well going going down the stretch? Um, or do you knew there's still work to do? You knew it was close. We, I, we, I had the impression I was winning, which I, I was on the cards. I, I, gen, I definitely thought I was winning, but I wanted to just like to see at the show. I wanted, I wanted to get him out of there. I knew the ninth round. I ate him badly, and just before the bell, I ate him a few body shots, and I seen it sink him, and I thought he's done now. I'm going to take him out now with this tenth round. So I started the tenth round fast, and I was I was really on top of him the first minute and a half, and then obviously swung them swung them punches, made him change the story. But I, I, I wasn't convinced I was going to win, but I was just like I knew I was I always felt I was winning the rounds. Just had, had my job. I always felt so. And I, I knew he won, he won a few rounds, but I knew that I was ahead. Yeah. Like you're sitting here in front of me now. You got a little looks like a bit of a, an abrasion on your forehead, a little bit of a bruise. Yeah, but where is Scott? We've seen pictures uh, of Scott on social media. He looks like a panda. Uh, with two two solid black eyes. Mm. So you know you've you've obviously, obviously he's took his fair, a fair yeah. amount of punishment. You know yeah. to to be in that condition. But listen, mm. uh, all credit to him. I thought to oh, pull that out in the last same, round. Same. You know what I mean? All credit to him. I say I'd scored it a draw personally, but I wouldn't have argued either way. Mm. Um, there's already talk potentially. Of a rematch, yeah. I'll be honest. I want to see both of you go in your own directions and meet in two years' time mm. for the rematch when there's a world title belt or whatever. Like, because yeah. you're both on performances like that, judging on that, you're both destined for world titles, mm. world title shots, and everything else. So, can you wait that long, or do you do you want it this oh, year? Mate, I, the only thing that's making me feel better is the fourth of a rematch. Like, I just want to fight him again so bad. Like, I know, I know, for a fact, I could have beaten him. I just know that. I underestimated him slightly, not physically, and I trained as hard as I, as I always do, but just mentally, I just didn't give him the respect that he deserved. And um, I know going into that ring next time with that little bit of fear and that little bit of like a bit more sharpness, I know I'll beat him. I know for a fact I will. So I want to, I want to fight him again this year. How important is that for a boxer to have that bit of fear, that trepidation of like, okay, if I'm not hundred percent on this, I could get stopped, I could get beat, yeah. I could, you know. Definitely, it's important. It's just. It's just my sound mad because since the day Dave was like, he should be saying this, but I was like, Dave, I've knew him 12 years. He's never shown me that in his whole life. Once I've knew him 12 years, I've boxed him, I've stopped him, I've sparred him, I've watched him box other kids and get beat. He's never shown me that in his whole life. Like He just he's like a different person than there. He was obviously, he must have been motivated by fear or whatever it was, but that was a different Scott what I've ever seen. And in the rematch, I don't know whether he can he can produce that, produce that again because he won't, now he's got that confidence that maybe he won't be as sharp and I'll be the one who's got the... Undog mentality, so I just want to fight him again so bad, mate. Just to um, just to right that wrong because I know I'm the better man still. I know I'm the better. I know I'm a better fighter. I know I'm a better all rounder than him. Have we spoke to Eddie about a potential rematch? Have we um, at all? Do you know what the um, feelings like with the match room? Eddie just messaged me saying we get we're gonna get out soon, so um, don't go too mad in your break kind of thing. So I just said, Sam, I just said, listen, I'm ready whenever you whenever you need me, and I want a rematch next. Obviously, he's down to fight Chiefman now, which. That'll be a good fight. I think he'll beat Cheeseman on that performance if he can 
box with that again and then I'll fight him for the British, which would be nice. Yeah. So it'd be nice really just to, to to keep busy with somebody else in the top ten and as you say, let them sort that out and then be ready yeah. to face the winner kind of thing. That would be the ideal style. Yeah, well, for that's, you. that's what I wanted. It's what Scott wants. Like he did say to me straight after the fight, I can't do this again <laughs> straight away. And I was just like at that moment in time, I wasn't even thinking about the rematch. I was just thinking, Oh my god, I'm being beat. Yeah. And he was thinking straight away, I don't want to fight you again. And um that's what he said to me, he went, he went I can't do this again. And I was just like I just looked confused and then when Eddie was saying the rematch, he was going, yeah, yeah, but he said to me probably that he doesn't want to do it again, like, but I see why he, he did get the win. <laughs> well, exactly, <laughs> you know, with all due respect, to, if that knockdown doesn't happen and you get the, the yeah. decision, or unanimous decision, it mm. probably would have been as well. Would you have, you would given the rematch, you'd have probably gone, yeah. well, I don't need that again. I yeah. don't need to no, go to war with you I, again anytime not, soon. With me, I'm not just saying this, because it was a close fight, I would have, I would have thought, you know what, I want to fight it again and beat him properly. I really would have, that's just my, my attitude, where he might be different because he's he wasn't expected to win, but I was expected to win, and um, because it was so close, I would have given him another chance. I would have. Listen, I know obviously it's still painful to think about now, um, but try and remove yourself for a second. Your, you know, nine fights. That was your tenth pro fight. Mm. It was a British fight of the year contender for <laughs> 2019. Absolutely. It was it was obviously the fight of the night on the card. Yeah. Clearly, of course, it was. I think everyone knew it was going to be. And I think both of you, I know it's probably tough for you to think that now, but both of you have come out of it with so much credit because everyone's going two future world title contenders. Mm. There, if you you know if if going to stay at that level, that that amount of quality, that was the only bad thing that come out of it. I thought this this fight it looked like it come too soon then because I'm like this should be why why is this for the yeah. WBA international this should be for <laughs> at least the British title if not this is a world yeah. title fight this is as good as it gets mm. both of you are at such a high level and I'll be honest I'm like you Scott did surprise me a little yeah, bit well. you know we rose to the occasion all credit to him though because mm. that's that's kind of what it's all about when you, you and you, you mentioned there just before we came on here that you have watched it back and I'll talk to you after the break about, you know, we'll try and go through round by round or as the fight progressed. But what was your immediate reaction when it got to the end? Was it just frustration about oh, 90 seconds away? Or did you look at the whole fight and think, I just didn't, I wasn't at 100%. I, was, mm. I never gave it 100% like I should have done, mentally. No, I definitely give it 100%. Like, like you said, Scott did surprise us both, but um, I know I'm a consistent performer. I always perform at that, that high level every single time. So I, I, I was just surprised that he could, like, match with me and even with the knockdown I still had a little bit glimmer of hope that I don't enough because I, I thought early on I was winning the round easy the first like I thought I won four the first five definitely and um, I was like I just thought I might still get this you know I, mean? I might still get this especially being in Liverpool I thought you never know I might still get this but um, there was no like and I'm, I couldn't like be good decision it was a close fight the knockdown two points I thought it is what it is you know what I mean maybe a draw he got to break one point me got to break one point so I couldn't moan, but I still was hoping that I might have squeezed it. When I had split, I thought, come on, please. <laughs> <laughs> please give it to me, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, listen, when he said split, nobody knew. Yeah. Nobody in the entire arena knew, do you know oh, what I mean? Because no. everyone was like, I think, p without the knockdown, I think mm. everyone in there would have been quite confident, yeah, uh, and rightfully so, have. that we had the yeah. decision. You got the decision. But I think with the knockdown, that's why the place just went mm. silent. That's because everyone was like, okay, anything could happen now. <laughs> You know, but <laughs> listen, it is what it is. And uh, it was an absolute cracker. Stick with us. Coming up in part two, we're going to talk with Anthony Fowler about... Uh, we're going to go through the fight, fight by fight. And we're going to obviously relive that ninth round when he came so close to, Scott, to stopping Scott Fitzgerald 
on Saturday night. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. Delighted to say Anthony Fowler still joins me in the studio. We're reviewing all the action from the MS Bank Arena on Saturday night. Um, I just want to talk to you a little bit. Before I talk about the rest of the bill uh, and some of the other performances on there, Anthony, I just wanted to obviously talk to you a bit more about your fight and heading into the fight with Scott. Obviously, your first 10 round, their first title fight. Um, what what were the tactics you and Dave come up with coming into it? Was it was it about being the best Anthony Fowler, or was, did you have specific tactics for what Scott Fitzgerald brought to the ring? No, I just do, just do what I do good, keeping me shape, working me on my jab, working the body, not getting caught with no daft shots. It's more about what we do rather than what he does. Loads of double jabs. Yeah. You know that was one thing I did notice: loads of jab to the body, loads of double jabs mm. to the head, loads of good footwork. But I also thought that. You know, the thing with Dave, when, whenever I see you and Dave Caldwell interact, it always surprised me how, like, much Dave's on you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He's on you. <laughs> He's a little bit different with Jordan Gill. He's a little bit different with the McDonald's. Actually, he's on the McDonald's as well, I guess. He's a bit different with, with Bellew. He seems a lot more on you. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know if I ever noticed. I just, <laughs> I just do what I'm told. <laughs> and as the fight was progressing... Were you happy? Was he happy the way things were going? And was it a happy corner in there? Yeah, we, were, we had a good start. And then the middle of the night, Dave was like saying, listen, come on, it's because it's getting close now. You've got to pick it up. And um, obviously in the night, I had a great ninth round. So we were confident going to the last round that, that I was ahead. And I, could, I asked him to finish the show. I asked him to get him out of there. I thought he was there for the taking. And he just dug in, didn't he? Yeah. Just got through it. With Dave, are you still in the mo- you know are you fully adjusted now or because I thought in in your early fights your first couple of pro fights it felt like you were a bit like a caged like a, a, like a caged animal on a mm. leash you wanted to let go you could see you were like yeah. ready to jump in and you were like trying to pull back a little bit I didn't see that in this fight it was a lot more controlled mm. a lot more patient and even at times when you were catching Scott and getting him in trouble it wasn't Anthony Fowler blazing in trying to look for the finish the big shot it was okay. Back on my jab, nice yeah. and rhythm, yeah. good footwork, solid, cutting the ring down. There's all this, again, you're 10 fights into your pro career. It's it's all an experience at the moment. Mm. They're, they're all learning fights. Are you and Dave happy as a team that things are progressing the way you want them to progress? Yeah, I, this camp, I was great. This camp from Spar, and he was happier than he, he's ever been me. And we're coming to it. Obviously, you never stop learning in this game, but we're, we're progressing nice and. Just frustrating. I didn't get that win. Do you know what I mean? It would have been a lovely, lovely win that. But we're, um, I'm confident that just we put we put it right next time. I reckon we will we will be much this year. The fans are gonna want to see it. I reckon it'll be top of the bill next time, and I think um, it should happen this year. Hopefully. Yeah. Well, listen. Certainly, the fans want to see it again. Absolutely, because it was an absolute tear up. Um, over the next few weeks, then. Obviously, you're gonna to have to have some time off. You're gonna you're gonna go away. I'm guessing you're gonna have a little yeah. bit of a break away, and then I know you though. You're not the type of person that can go away and switch off. Mm. You won't go away to you know some beach somewhere and be falling out in nightclubs at three in the morning and be singing karaoke and all that. <laughs> I know you'll be. This will keep you awake at night. Yeah. This will. So how how do you get to switch off now? Do you, is it now a battle for you to? put this to one side to, or you know have you got a routine to get yeah, through yeah I just obviously I, I know my body needs to rest so I can't I can't train because look at my hands made the black and blue yeah I can't train physically so I need to rest so I just want to do my best getting out of the country is the best way I can do it if I'm in Liverpool everyone overseas talking about the fight I'm just like oh. <laughs> 
for me, but I haven't had enough. <laughs> so when I need to get out of just to switch off and um, like you said, I will be lying in bed for some other fights and I get up and keep saying, you're okay now, you're okay, but I won't be okay until I'm back in the gym, putting it right straight towards the rematch because this is the way I am. I'm, I'm a bit of a weirdo, as you know. I, I live for me, I live for fighting and um, I, will, I will be sleepless nights until I get this revenge. <laughs> and I'm, I'm already thinking about the fight already. I'm I'm surprised, you know, a lot of people, especially when they lose close decisions like that, they, they don't want to go back and look, especially when there's been a knockdown as well, they don't want to go back and look at it. And you said, one of the first things you said when you came in tonight, you were like, I've watched the fight, I've watched mm-hmm. it back already. Yeah. What drove you to watch it straight away? Did you just need to know what had happened in that, right, yeah. in that round? Did you need to know where the shot come from? Did you need to know... Score it yourself to see was I far up? Was that was I a couple ahead? You know, especially when one judge has your six up going into the last. Yeah. In the back of your mind, you got to think, wait a minute, I need to go and watch this fight back. You know, yeah. how close was it? Yeah. What what drove you to go and watch it straight away? Um, I didn't want to watch it. I'm not gonna lie. It was I watched it on the Sunday, so the day after, I didn't want to watch it, but that's the way I had to face it. I couldn't shy away. I've got me and me now talking about the fight. I don't want to go into hard and then just like pretend it didn't happen. I've got to face the reality. Of, I've had my first professional loss, it hurts so bad, but um, anyway, it's how you come back, you know what I mean? I always say, I've been, I've been pro wrestling two years, and already I'm, I'm like chief support in the Echo Arena, so I've moved very fast, and um, I just want to keep progressing, and 10 rounds there would do me the world of good. I had no next fight, what to expect now, I've been in them, them late rounds, and been on the cameras for the first time, so I know what that feels like, it's not nice, so I don't want to make the same mistakes again. Of course. I think what was cool on your social media yesterday was when you put the post up about you eating humble pie <laughs> and you were sitting there with like a little a little mince pie or something like that yeah. was, a little apple pie <laughs> apple or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got to have, you gotta have a laugh about it. Of course. Well, especially because of the build-up we got so kind of, there was a lot of animosity in there and, you know, the thing, the thing with yourself is because you're so active on social media and this is something, I have young fighters on this show all the time and I'm like, get on social media, mm. you've got to do it because it's a free marketing yeah. tool. It's about selling yourself, promoting yourself and you're an expert at it. Mm. You kind of, I, I'd like to think you enjoy it but it's after nights like that when things don't go your way, that's when you've got to man up then and go, yeah. well, I use this platform to sell myself so yeah. now I've got to use this platform yeah. to show how I'm feeling now. Yeah, no, it's true. I don't want to shy away again. And um, Just a bit of a laugh. I said to my girlfriend first and she said, you should post that. It was funny. So I just I thought, you know what, I'll have a laugh, put it up because um. I did do a lot of talking, same as him, but um, obviously I come out second best, so I had to eat the humble pie, but um, it only did make me better, make me stronger. Yeah, I love that attitude as well. You've been saying that since the fight, you know, and again, I scored at a draw. It was it was close. It was very close. And But straight away in the ring afterwards, you were like, okay, the better man won tonight. That's fine. Let's do it again. Mm-hmm. And that seems to still be your attitude. You know, you're not, yeah. you're not nitpicking and going, well, one judge had me winning by no. four rounds, so maybe it was just the judges. You're like, hey, you got it, fine. Yeah, I've been in positions before where I've fought on my tennis day, the rickets got it. As long as it's close. But if I would have won convincingly, then I would have been shot in my mouth, but it was a close fight. No arguments on my behalf. Um, the knockdown sealed it for him. As simple as that. How does this one, in terms of, I know it's fresh, so it's probably still a pretty open wound, but, you know, you, you've had, You've had setbacks before, mm. you know. You had a setback in the in the Echo Arena as it once then against Callum Smith back in the mm. day. You had setback in the Olympic Games when things didn't go your way, and you know, how does this one rank at the moment? Is it up? Is it right up there? Yeah, possibly the worst. But like you said, it's still a fresh wound. I think because it's professional and it's, it's been that loss with me for life now. It's always on me. 
Vicar probably probably might be the worst one, but it's just one of them things, mate. Like I, I try and explain to my girlfriend, there's a lot worse stuff happening in the world than what happened to me, so I can't sit around crying about it. Yeah. Get on. It, it hurts, you know, it hurts me, but what a great life. I'm I'm blessed. I've just I'm living my dream like like you said, walking out of the arena, mate. I've worked my whole life for that to get to to experience that moment. So everyone's just cheering for me. It makes me feel so good. So um I can't I can't sit around crying, I need to just get back on the horse and um get back in the gym. Yeah, face up to it all. What was the song choice anyway? What what made you go for that? A little bit of Scouse yeah. House? <laughs> you know what? That some when I boxed in Newcastle, some Geordie recommended it for me and I thought, you know what, I could be alright that. <laughs> and I boxed early in Newcastle so the atmosphere wasn't great. And then um I think the Tyson Fury fight was the week after and he had, he had the same song and I thought, you know what? Good enough for Fury, mate, good enough for me. So I've just I've just have stuck with it and um so that was a little tune. <laughs> <laughs> um are you in, obviously the great thing about it is you're in here tonight, you've got a big smile on your face. You know, I know when leave the service you you you, you hate them, but you you said it then, you're living your dream, aren't you? You're living you're living your best life. Yeah, this is what you wanted it. to do since you were a young definitely, kid. Definitely, mate. I, I do love it. I love a fight like even sparring them I love a good hard spa. I sat like six, eight rounds. People want to get out. I'm like, can we do any more rounds? And they, they never want to. But I, I just love a good scrap. It's just in me, innit? <laughs> so that's so for you. That's like the perfect. You know, obviously, the the result wasn't right, but mm. those those nine and a half rounds. That's what we've got to. That's what's to come. That's yeah. what you're saying. You, we've got more of that to come. Yeah, definitely. I'm still learning that. That's my first time past six, and I finished strong in the knife and the temp. Obviously, thing on my way, but. I know for a fact next fight that I'm going to get better and better and better and just get more and more focused, more and more comfortable under the lights, do you know what I mean? Stuff like that. What do you take away from those 10 rounds then? Forget about the result for a minute, but you know, to get 10 rounds in the tank, you know, boxers say it all the time, I've got that experience now. What, what do you mean by that? What, what do you take away from that? Yeah, like it's all, it's all good sparring in your own comfort zone, but when you're under the lights, the pressure's on you, it's a little bit harder to perform, you can get a bit more tired, a bit more quick. I know I can grind it out when I have to, when I over get hurt, I can get up. But there's never enough to keep me down. So I'm me to the canvas. Do you know what I mean? I was up straight away. I would, I would have jumped right back up. Dave said to me, wait. I seen him, yeah. He was pushing, yeah, he was telling you to sit down. Back up, you still mate. got up at about six. Yeah. <laughs> you still didn't stay down no, till eight. I, I wouldn't risk it these days with these refs, mate. You wave it off. <laughs> good so. shout. Yeah, good but idea. I was going to get up. Let him know it was okay. Even the ref said to me, you're right. I was like, come on. Let me fight. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get it on. The. Um, that was the the great thing about it. I thought you know the ring walk, the excitement of the fight. As I say, at the end of round nine, I'm sitting in. I'm thinking, we've got a few, good few years of this to come. Mm. This is you know what Bell you told me a few months ago was ringing in my ears when he was saying Fowler's going to be the best followed fighter in this city because he's so exciting because mm. he's in great fights and he loves to fight and he loves the whole emotion. And I think right now the city's kind of. Even in defeat, you know, I was walking out of the arena on Saturday night and everyone was raving about it. Everyone was raving about your performance. Everyone yeah. was, there was no negativity there. Everyone was just like, that was brilliant. I can't wait. Yeah. So in that regard, like the future's bright. There's loads to go for. There's, you know, it's yeah. wide open and okay, you've learned a valuable lesson. But lesson learned. Definitely. Let's move on. That's it. I will. I'll always bring exciting fights. You know, from my amateur days when I used to be always in the best scraps ever. When I was boxing as an amateur, everyone would come watch you because they know that it's going to go off. <laughs> what What is it in you that's, that wants to fight like that? Is it, you know, wants to be in brawls, wants to be in scraps? I don't know, mate. It's just, they yourself, you said box clever, but um, I just, I don't know. It's just, I just always, I've always been involved in good fights. Obviously, I punch very hard. I've got like a, some vulnerable 
for the militaries, which I need to work on still. But I just, I'm just always like up for a good fight, aren't I? Do you know what I mean? And um, I think I brought the best out of Scott as well because of the way I was. It made him want to win that a little bit more. Yeah. I mean? The amount of double jabs that you both shared, snapping each other's heads back at the same time. There must have been at least 10 of them throughout the fight. It was brilliant. You know, just to watch yeah. as a boxer, for someone that absolutely loves boxing, to watch it, you looked at it and you were thinking, how are these two lads still pretty new to the pro game? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? The level that you're at. And that's probably testament to the amateur structure that you both come mm. through, the GB. You know, obviously you're 10 fights into your pro career now, but is there a huge difference between the pro game and the amateur game at the level that you were at, the Olympic level, the very highest level? Yeah, it's it's just a different game. I think like um, obviously it's an amateur. It's a bit of a sprint. Like you got three rounds. It's a bit like high pace and high power and high fat. I like both people just clash with us as a pro. It's about like working your opponents out, breaking them down, using the body shots. More of a game plan, more tactical than just a three round like sprint. But it, amateurs was very hard as well. Do you know what I mean? It was very very hard. But ten rounds is a different ball game, isn't it? Yeah. Do you think it's suiting you more fighting? You know, a couple of times a year rather than going to tournaments and fighting every other yeah. day, that kind of thing. Do you reckon that suits yeah. your style better? Well, I, I do like to stay busy. And when I thought about it, I didn't realise after a fight, but I think I boxed my last competitive fight was in June or July against that Craig O'Brien. And since then, I've had like one round against that lad in December. So I've had one round since last July, is it? So it's like about nine months is that or something. I didn't yeah. really realise after a fight, I thought. I mean, I had many, many competitive rounds. Obviously, I, bo- I boxed a genuine in between, but that was not a fight. And um, I think the more I fight, the better, the better I'll be. I think I need to stay busy. Yeah. That's, that's key for me. Absolutely. And uh, hopefully we'll see you out again this summer. Before yeah, definitely. June, July, and May, I'll be up for that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, don't go anywhere. You'll listen to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. Delighted Anthony Fowler still joining us in the studio. Coming up in part three, I'm going to ask a, a chat with Anthony about the rest of that card, because let's face it, Quite a few things went on in there. You know, we had a couple of shock defeats for our lads. We had an amazing new European champion crowned in Robbie Davis Jr. And most of all, we've got to talk about it at some stage. I'm going to ask Anthony about his opinion on Cash Ali. Anyone that was in the arena on Saturday night will know the kids. But, well, listen, I'll, I'll get Anthony's opinion on it. But anyone for me that starts biting opponents inside the ring, listen, this is not Mike Tyson versus Evander Holyfield. This is, a you know, a, a, a Birmingham heavyweight uh, stepping up to the big stage for the first time and, and for me, absolutely bottling it against David Price. And in a lot of ways, it was lucky the security team were absolutely top-notch on the night. Otherwise, Cash Ali would have had difficulties getting from that ring back into the dressing room. The performance he put in, glad to say British Boxing Board of Control have slapped him with a big suspension and retained his pace pending faded investigation. I'm going to get Anthony Fowler's take on that and everything else that went on, as I say, Coming up after the break. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. Welcome back to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. The main man, Anthony Fowler, still in studio with me. And as I said before the break there, I just want to chug through the rest of the car because there's so much action on this bill and there really is only one place to start, let's be honest, and that's with Cash Ali, the Birmingham heavyweight who came to Liverpool with a 15-0 and record. He talked the talk. He was telling us Price he was a quitter and this and that, but then he goes and takes a bite out of David Price's abs in the, uh, in the fifth round. Not the first time he'd done it as well. I think it was the fourth time uh, replays counted that he tried to take a bite out of... At a pricey, and I just mentioned there, 
Anthony, that if Pricey had your abs, he'd have lost one there, wouldn't he? If he'd had that big abs like you, he'd have lost one. But try and explain, obviously, you know, I, I'm not expecting you for a second to, uh, you know, to give Cash Ali a pass here and hopefully the border control are going to prosecute him. But what goes through a person's mind in the ring on an event live on Sky where the cameras are everywhere? Why, why, would, you, why would drive someone to do that? Such unsportsmanlike mm. behaviour. It could be a few things. Sheer frustration that you're not getting off your shots. You're getting angry. You can't control your temper. You're trying to bite them all. On the other hand, you could want to looking for a way out. You don't want to lose face by quitting from your fans. So yeah, get yourself get yourself disqualified on purpose. You ever seen anything like that before in the amateurs or anything? Or you ever been at tournament um, and see people getting thrown out for doing weird stuff? I have not biting though, like throwing people around, slamming people, stuff like that. Low blows and yeah. usual stuff like. I wouldn't say biting's like a regular thing, like. Because it was um, early on in the fight, I think it was round three, that Mark Lyson, the referee from Liverpool, who was absolutely brilliant, by the way, um, he took a point off Cash Ali for punching, rabbit punching Pricey. Well, it was more like a Donkey Kong punching Pricey around the back of the head. Not the first time he'd done that either. Um, but to. To see a man go to those lengths, you know, if you're going to hit someone with low blows or punch it on the back of the head and get disqualified that way, points taken off it, but to actually physically bite someone, that is, it's so weird. You know, obviously Mike Tyson's the most famous one. And in that instance, Mike Tyson, it was, it was probably was frustration. Holyfield was picking him off. So in sheer frustration, he couldn't get his, his, his fight together. He takes a bite out of his ear. But that's on a completely different level. Do you know what I mean? It's a, it just, it was so shocking to see because I couldn't really couldn't really compute in my mind what was going on. I think the whole arena felt a little bit like that as well until it come up on the jumbo screen and Pisces got a big chunk missing out of his stomach. So weird. That's nuts, mate. You couldn't make it, could you? What do you think? What do you think will happen there? I think he's gonna get a heavy farm mate, the border him, probably clamping down all that kind of stuff. Like even me, I was getting warned not to push Goss at the press conference all the way, and they get they're probably clamping down on violence because obviously. You've got a young audience watching. They don't want to promote like daft stuff. So I think he's going to get a heavy fan, me. Maybe yeah. even a ban. So the board actually speak to fighters around these events mm. and warn them of yeah. the behaviour. Yeah? Did you know like the tempers of flare and stuff can happen and you can lose your rights? So they try and give you a heads up. If you do do it, there will be consequences. Yeah. Wow. So there's no doubt then that Cash Ali would have been warned about his behaviour in the build up to this fight. Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't think you would have said specifically, don't bite him. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, would have, you would have told me, listen, watch your low blows, watch your out punches, blah, blah, blah. And you guys listen, has he? No, not at all, no. I say, you know, for me, the unfortunate thing is, we're talking about the the visitor, we're talking about Cash Ali, who was, I'll be honest, on paper, we both know he was out of his depth, Place he's on mm. a different level to this guy. But we're talking about his antics rather than David Price's performance. Pricey wins all five rounds comfortably. Yeah. A couple of them were probably even 10-8 rounds, mm. you know. So frustrating for Pricey to not get that win that, you know, solid, you know, solidifies him. Like, there's a big knockout for Pricey. He's back on. That's two big wins now. Mm. Let's let's push on with it, you know, push him back towards 2019 and, and, and back towards the title maybe at the back end of next year yeah, or early shame. 2012. I said that. It's like it took away from Pricey's performance that the... Uh, the buys and the controversial stuff where at the end of the day Pricey showed up done his job was winning the fight easy put a good performance in so that's a shame but again he's typical Pricey isn't he you know he gets bit on the arm and he's like hey Mark he's just bit me <laughs> like cool as you like yeah, such a laid back guy, and then he gets rugby tackled to the floor and gets bit on the stomach and he was like Ugh. and it was Joe Mack <laughs> 
over the rope going, ref, look at him, he's spit him, look at his stomach. Uh, Pricey's like shrugging his shoulders. Yeah, he's hilarious, mate. He's just boss, isn't he? Just a proper laid-back guy. Just mental. I don't know many boxers who wouldn't have lost a rag. Imagine uh, if someone I, bit I you in the ring, you'd have gone ballistic. He's sort of not biting back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's Pricey all over. No, Hardly any reaction whatsoever. Unreal. Um, other positive notes on the night, of course. Robbie Davis Jr. crowned European super lightweight champion. Thrilling performance against Joe Hughes. Um, Joe Hughes, the champion, came and you know what? He started the fight so well. For a guy that's got issues with his right arm, he's absolutely incredible with that left hook, you mm. know? And he was he was hitting Robbie with it so often in the first few rounds. But testament to Robbie Davis and the work he does with Dave Tonks, they changed their tactics. They took it into the trenches. And okay, he ended up a bloody mess at the end of it. But when you get that blue belt lifted and get to lift it above your head, that, that's everything, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's nightmare. Robbie's inspiration, mate. He's had, he, had a, he had a bad loss a few years ago, a year ago or something. 18 yeah, 18 months, months ago, ago and, yeah. Um, look, how he's, look how he's rebuilt since, he's, since then. Commonwealth, British, European. It's inspiration, mate. Well done to Robbie. Absolutely, yeah. And again, he's, he's someone else that stylistically switch hitter, loads of talents, great footwear, can punch. Yeah. We're seeing him in the trenches again. You know, we're seeing that heart that he's mm. got in there to keep going and, you know, to win in that fashion. Okay, sometimes you, it's we all want to win easy. We all want to see Liverpool yeah. lads win easy. But sometimes when they grind it out like that, it, you, you feel like you're wearing it a little bit more, don't you? Joe, he's a good cool fighter, mate. People, people don't underestimate him. Very good cool fighter. I've, I've actually sparred him, mate, and he's got a very powerful left hand, mate. I was surprised myself. I didn't know about his condition. I was thinking, powerful job this kid, mate. Yeah. For a small fella. Throws that jab and then he th- and then he whips it round a, a mm. left hook round your guard as well. And I said I thought he was magnificent early on, and uh, you know I thought it was very close going down the stretch. And unfortunately, there was a terrible scorecard on there by Terry O'Connor. My my opinions on that are probably a little bit X-rated for the Radio City show. <laughs> Go and listen to our Fight Disciples podcast <laughs> to get my views. But the main thing is Robbie Davis wins the European belt. Uh, phenomenal for him. Really rubber stamped the last eighteen months. Unfortunately. Further down the card, the Commonwealth title, which Robbie actually gave up, now owned by Philip Bowes from London. Uh, he defended successfully against Tom Farrell um, earlier on. Tough night for Tom. I just thought sometimes fighters are on it and sometimes you're not. And I think Philip Bowes turned up in Liverpool and he was just razor sharp, hadn't he? Mm. His, his jab was just absolutely razor sharp and Tom really struggled to come to come to terms with it. Yeah, I watched a little bit of that fight before my fight and um, Tom was like, he was just falling a little bit. The kid was tricky, horrible southpaw and... Um, had a good goal, Tom, but just coming off second best, wasn't he? Yeah, I think so. I think the problem is, I think Bowes started electric. That jab was so accurate, and you're right. Tom looked like he was falling over his feet mm. a little bit, trying to catch him. And then the problem is, when you go four or five rounds down, you start thinking, awesome, I'm trying to pick, I'm, I've got to go forward even more now. Mm. And it makes it even worse. But again, all credit to Phil Bowes. Tom Farrell again in another cracker. Uh, great 12 rounder for him. No doubt will come again. Um, but an exciting division. That's super lightweight. I had Tom. Uh, I had Sam Maxwell in studio last week. I would love to see Sam Maxwell take on Philip Bowes yeah, next, fight, or even or even Sam Maxwell because I'm guessing Robbie will give up the British now, being European champion. Sam Maxwell fighting for the vacant British would be amazing. Um, another loss earlier down on the card. Craig Glover. That was a bit of a shock, wasn't it? The cruiserweight. Mm, I rate Craig high, so I was I was really surprised. Um, I watched it on my phone, and um, it looked like it was a bit of a heavy knock, heavy knockdown. Then he got stopped on his feet. I was really surprised. I really Craig high. Maybe in this, just when the ring thing would be a routine win and the kids showed up and um can happen, can't it, mate? No, no, exactly. Especially when you're you know, in a cruiserweight heavyweight division, um Vaclav Pajari we fought 
actually for Pricey at Goodison Park. Mm. Pricey stopped him at Goodison Park. So this is a guy, even though he's a natural cruiser, this is a guy that's used to fighting big, horrible heavyweights. You know, when he comes down maybe to his natural weight division, he's thinking, well, I can, I can afford to take one here because mm. I take shots off big heavyweights. And, and you're right, you know, sometimes you know, you're not there now. You're up to the co-main now. You're on, you're on live on TV and everything. But sometimes when you're first and second on these big bills, it can be... It can be hard to get motivated, yeah. isn't it? Hard to lift yourself when the arena's empty. I can't imagine, really. I think that's what's happened. I think he's, he's walked it in thinking routine win just in his own comfort zone. Um, the kids clocked him. And it's just hard to regroup then. And he's obviously been fighting a losing battle and it's just a shame, really, because Craig's a um, good fighter. Yeah, he is a very good fighter. Uh, just to rattle through, great win for Jed Carroll early on in the card. He beat Des Newton on points. That was a, that was a cracking fight, actually. Jed got a knockdown there in the early rounds. Tasha Jonas bounced back from the first career defeat as well, uh, with an international win over six, uh, which puts her hopefully back on the uh, back on the train tracks towards that Katie Taylor showdown some one day in the future. Uh, Paul Butler uh, again came through. Do you know what it was a cracking little fight as well against the the African kid Mahaja? Um, he won a couple of rounds on my card. Obviously Butler Butler got the decision, won the points, but. Good little six-rounder for him. Paul Butler's reserve at the moment for the World Boxing Super Series in that uh, bantamweight tournament. So good that he kept busy and good that it was a competitive fight for him too. Um, and obviously the main event. I want to talk to you about the main event because um, no doubt, I doubt, doubt you watched it live because um, it was right after yours. But Liam Smith on the night. It can be tough when you're back in your hometown for the first time. You're the main event. But media week weigh-in day and fight night. All eyes aren't even on you. It must be a weird situation that Liam Smith was in there. Mm. You know, everyone was on you. Everyone was on Pricey because of the the, the talk with from Cash Ali beforehand. Yeah. There was two really good competitive super lightweight title fights on there. I think Lee, Liam Smith had a tough job topping that bill because yeah, there was so much on below. Yeah, he's, he's a professional. Lee, you know, he's a very consistent performer. Always shows up. Maybe he needed a better opponent to get the, the, better, like the bit more hype. Everyone knew that. Sam Megatron was... Wasn't wasn't on Liam's level, so everyone knew it would be a straightforward win. Yeah, but that said, well, Liam still had to perform. You know, it would have been easy yeah. for him to go out there and go Sam Eggerton, for a sparring, sparring partner. You know, I'll go through the motions a little bit with him and I'll cruise mm-hmm. every round because you know, I'll be honest. I think Liam Smith, third, fourth gear, beat Sam Eggington every day of the week. Mm-hmm. But what he did do, which was great to see, he went into fifth and sixth gear as well. He kind of made a bit of a statement. Yeah, you know, it was it was. Tough to see on Sam Eggington, of course, but listen, Liam, Liam Smith's in the Liam Smith business, not the Sam Eggington oh, business, and he was all professional in there. Do you think we'll see Liam Smith back in a world title fight this year? With Matchroom, definitely the best chance. He's with the best promotional team. Um, it's a hard division, like he's got Mungia, um, Charles fighting yep. Harrison, and you got Charles Head, so it's going to be hard to get one of them in the ring, but. You never know, mate. You never know. I'm not sure if he's mandatory for any belts or he's got a fight of a limiter, but maybe you know, towards the end of the year, he might get, a, might get a shot against one of them. Yeah, I know he's desperate to get that Mungia fight back. I know yeah. he's kicking himself over that one. He said he still can't watch that one back because the condition he was going in, he said he hadn't, he'd been inactive for the best part of nine months and everything else, and he'd love to have that fight back. But I think performances like this against, against the former European champion, let's get it right, in Sam Eggington, can only strengthen his case. Um, obviously, it's a we've got a massive 2019 ahead, matey, and there's loads to go on in this city. Um, which are you looking forward to most? You know, what, who else from this city who's got a big 2019 ahead? Do you think Callum Smith might finally get a world title defense? Is because 
you know, he's an old rival of yours, but I know you're also a big admirer of him yeah. as a champion. Um, incredible that he, when he won the World Boxing Super Series, what a performance, but it's gone quiet. Oh, I know, I know. It's gone terribly quiet. I think you have to credit his reserves, if I'm honest. Like he performed amazing that final against Groves, and it'd be nice to see him push on. It's been a long time, I want it, and it's gone, it's gone a bit quiet. So, I mean, I think Calmy's a big fight. Hopefully, he gets a big fight in Liverpool. Well, this is the thing, you know, everyone was, when I spoke to Callum, he was like, I'd love to have been on that Liverpool bill. You know, I'd love to have defended my <laughs> yeah. belt on there or whatever. But I think at the moment, we're seeing this little shift back to America again, aren't we? Because of the zone, because of ESPN, because mm. of the money that's in, in America again for boxing. We're seeing Amir Khan, you know, uh, Anthony Crawler, Anthony yeah. Joshua. There's this kind of shift back over to there. Are you keen to get an American bout under your belt this year as well yeah. because of that reason? I was, I'm keen about now. I was getting for sale back on the ring. That's, that's <laughs> Whenever my, it may yeah, be. Yeah, I don't care where it is, mate, but that's my immediate focus. I don't want to think about nothing else at the minute. Yeah. <laughs> is that, is that, would would that fight happen, Preston? Would you go to Preston yeah, for it? Yeah, it's not going anywhere. He, he's the A side now. I had done a little hashtag yesterday. I've seen that. Fitzgerald Fowler, yeah, too. I, I'm, a, I'm on an illusions, mate. He's, he owes the cards now, so I'll go wherever. Brilliant. Well, listen, mate. I'm glad to see that you've come into the studio with a big smile on your face because you've got a massive future in this sport. That performance was sensational. Okay, the, 90, the last 90 mm -hmm. seconds didn't go to plan, but what I seen in there was a cool, calm, collected Anthony Fowler, destructive Anthony Fowler. You fought a guy at the top of his game. You were at the top of your game. It was a pleasure to watch. I can't wait to see you do it again. Me personally, I think it needs to wait for 18 months and, be, and we want to see a bigger title in there. But I understand exactly why you want to get straight back in there again. Um, but the good thing is, this is not a defeat that knocks you back. This is a defeat that probably knocks you sideways. And, you know, for that reason, mm. it's all about just getting back in there now, isn't it? And getting busy again this summer and pushing on in 2019. Definitely look, I look forward to it. Fowler Fitzgerald, I get the winner of Cheeseman. Would you happily watch him fight Cheeseman next and yeah, then take yeah, the winner? He deserves it. I, mean, I would have been fighting Cheeseman if I were the one, so he deserves to fight Cheeseman. I just hope that I get the rematch because the fans want to see it. Yeah. I want it. I just hope Scott wants it. Oh, I say, I know the fans certainly want to watch it. I know the board of controllers want to watch it. A match room and Sky Sports, as I say, in a time when a lot of world champions, a lot of the big ticket sellers from the UK are now being forced to fight over in the USA. Um Sky Sports need big fights to headline cards, and that was an absolute, even though it was the Colmain Saturday, that would have headlined any card mm. happily anywhere in the country. So I'm sure you'll probably will get that rematch again soon. Thanks again for coming in, matey. No Much problem, appreciated. Yeah. Enjoy your breakaway. Try and get some sleep. <laughs> Try and relax. No Try and have, just eat some cake or something. <laughs> I bet you didn't even eat that apple pie the other day, did you? I think no. that was just posed. I knew you wouldn't. <laughs> Try and, you know, <laughs> give us laymen a, normal, a, a real chance. Have a little break. Have a drink. I will do. Right, we're going now. Anyway. We're going to go and buy Anthony McDonald's on our way. On. <laughs> Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. Stick up with everything with us in the previews this weekend or recap of the fights, as I say, a little bit of an X-rated version. That's all over at fightdisciples.com and follow us on social media at Fight Disciples on Twitter and Facebook and at The Fight Disciples on Instagram. I'll catch you next week. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.